Hello everyone, I'm Dr. Tracy Murray with Auctioner Health. I'm a clinical psychologist there and welcome to Healthy State of Mind, a series dedicated to educating you on wellness and well-being. I am here with my co-host, Caitlin. Hi, Dr. Murray. Hi, you want to introduce yourself to the people? Yeah, my name is Caitlin Heckel and I'm a digital content specialist here at Auctioner Health. So what we'll be talking about today is suicide awareness and prevention. Most recently in the last year or so, we've been seeing a lot of people in pop culture who are actually dying by suicide. So we felt it was important to kind of give you information in a non-threatening way, a way that you can take in and help someone around you, family member, friends, or even a stranger if you feel inclined to. So today we'll be talking about that, okay? And remember, Kaylee, we're gonna be checking into ourselves we have to talk about these topics because the more that we talk about suicide, the less stigma there is around it. And the more people are open to talking to you about it and to talking with others about it to be able to get help. Okay. Okay. So just a couple of stats that I'm going to go over, right? Thinking about the United States, suicide is actually the 12th leading cause of death in the United States. Here in Louisiana, it's the 11th leading cause of death. So people are dying by suicide here in Louisiana a little bit more than the national average. In Louisiana, someone dies by suicide every 12 hours, right? In the last year, 1.2 million people in the United States attempted suicide. So we're working with numbers that are real. Mm -hmm. Suicide and death by suicide is real. And you notice me saying death by suicide and not committed suicide. Committed suicide, we, we're not using that term anymore in the professional world because we want to really reduce the stigma. It's almost like you committed a crime, right? Mm. So we don't want you to say we committed a crime when it's a death. You died by suicide. We want to do everything we can to reduce the stigma and to make it more open for people to talk about so we can save lives, okay? okay? What do you know, if you've been personally impacted or know someone that's kind of struggled with that? Yeah. Um, when I was in high school, actually, I had a friend who died by suicide. Mm -hmm. And that was kind of my first experience with having someone close to me um, leave mm -hmm. from right. suicide. And I have had friends recently who have approached me, you know, I mean, we've gone through some really hard years with right. the pandemic, a lot of isolation, a lot of not knowing what we're doing, what's right. the future going to look like. Right. And I've had friends approach me and have told me, you know, in confidence that they no longer want to be here. Right. And I sometimes don't always have the language. Right. I will say, okay, well, I, you know, I want to reiterate that you're loved, you're valued, we want you here, like anything I can do to help you, please lean on me. But I would like to be set up with language that I can use mm -hmm. in situations like that so I can show up for my loved ones right. to know that, you know, right. there is help for them. Right. And it's okay to struggle with what to say, right? Because you're not, and sometimes people, why, why would you do that? Why would you, we love you so much. And sometimes, depending on the person, that can be, you know, not well received because it's coming off. The biggest thing is that you don't want to judge, right? At any given place, they're already judging themselves. 
so much so that they want to die. Mm -hmm. Right. They see that as an option. They see that as a way out. Sometimes when people this idea of desperation, that it's a solution to a problem, what we want to do as family members, as friends, as professionals to show them that it's not a good solution and that there are others and you don't have to feel this way always. Right. Yeah. So with your approach, that sounded OK. Just letting them know I'm here. You're not alone working with that. So that sounds appropriate. The biggest thing we're going to go through each section, how to come up with that language and what to do. First thing is we have to ask, right? If we sweep it under the rug, see it as taboo, I don't want to talk about it. Talking about it and asking the questions actually makes a person feel some sense of relief that they're not alone, that they're not in it alone, and they're not going to be judged for it. Mm -hmm. research does not show that talking about it makes people more suicidal. It actually shows the opposite, right? And I'm getting these stats for the Suicide Lifeline website, which will be at the end of this if you want to follow up mm -hmm. with it. So talking about it, asking about it, emergency room departments um, previously, a few decades ago, weren't even asking about that, weren't even asking about domestic violence. But what we found is asking about it makes them more inclined to tell the truth. It's interesting that you mentioned that because we don't think twice about saying, oh, you don't feel well, does your stomach hurt? What hurts? Mm -hmm. And I think something that I'm, I'm passionate about and I'm lucky that my group of friends and family were very open about mental illness and mental health. And it's okay to say like, my heart hurts or my brain hurts right. or my whole being hurts my and I don't want to be hurts. here. Right. Yeah, my right. spirit hurts. And it's my it's my hope that everyone has that safe space, right. that outlet, that one person even that they can right. just trust to be honest there. Right. And not even not even questioning what they say, not why. Right. Not not even that cuz that can be read by the other person. Suicidal thoughts put to the side is judgment. Yeah. Why does your spirit hurt? What? What do you mean? Right. Right? How can I help? Do you need anything from me or good questions to ask? And let's get you connected, right? So asking and talking about it. So if someone's coming to, you know, I've just been feeling real depressed lately, right? I just feel like I can't go on. I just don't want to do anything. Ask, are you having thoughts to hurt yourself? Do you want to die? That way, yes or no, not quite that. I'm just feeling like I need to get out. So you may have other information. Okay, babe, let's get you out then. Mm -hmm. That gives you information so that you can help in the way that you best know how. You might not even know how to help them if they're having suicide, but you know to get them to somebody who does, right? Mm -hmm. You know, to get them connected and get them, at least hear them out to know that they are they have somebody. Right. Right. I have one more question for sure, you. Sure, of course. How can we equip ourselves to respond mm -hmm. because the question of even you just saying like, do you want to die? I felt my body go like, eh. you know, because if it's like if I were to ask a friend, are you having thoughts of hurting yourself? hurting yourself? Yeah. Do you want to die? And mm -hmm. if they were to say and this has happened to me before, yes, mm -hmm. I do feel the instinct to be like, no, you know, mm -hmm. how could I present mm -hmm. more calmly? Right. Do I take a beat? Do I have, you know, you what can, could I do? You can just say, wow. Okay. Man, when to start feeling this way? Again, it's not, it, it won't be ever perfect because mm -hmm. you're not 
trained and you're not a me, but having this conversation, having this dialogue, using the resources that we're going to give you at the end of this will help. But for you to, it's okay for your body to have sort of that visceral reaction, check into self and say, all right, Mm -hmm. man, that must be tough. Mm -hmm. Right. You can even say that that must be tough. Let's, can we get you some help? And it could just be simple as that. Are you talking to somebody about that, a professional about it? Right. So you ask them. And then the next one is you be there. Right. You are keeping them safe. So if they say that you're there for them, you're not leaving them alone. Well, all right, babe. Well, that's on you. I don't know why you would do that. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Not even that way. Right. Because we don't know what's going on in a person's life. Like we said, is they see this simply as a solution to a problem. That's it. It's kind of how I'll take it away from suicide if a person is not having the finances. They see certain things that may not be helpful in the long run as a solution to the problem, right? They may steal a solution to the problem, but not helpful in the long run if you go to jail. Death by suicide, a solution to the problem, but not good in the long run because if you're not here, there's no options. There's no opportunity for improvement because you're no longer here. So even just getting them to say, it's not, that's not a good solution. Let's figure out some more, right? We're just seeing it in through their eyes. So they're just giving you in. And more times out of 10, if they say yes, they're searching something and they're not sure what to do and they feel alone, at least you're there. You're being there for them. So stay being there for them and help them kind of feel that they're not alone. Even if that's what you say, you're not alone, I'm here. And they could say no. Realistically, if you ask them, are you having those thoughts? No, I'm just needing to do such and such or needing to change this around. So that gives you more information too. But if they are saying yes, you want to keep them safe, right? Depending on the state, here in the state of Louisiana, if you have someone express suicidal thoughts to you, let's get them help. You can call hotline numbers. You can call their 24-7 and you can also text now. And you can call... 911 or take them to the emergency room for evaluation. Some people respond very differently to that. So what you would want to say is, I want you here. I want you here. Let's get you what you need. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then just taking them to get looked at. If someone broke their leg, what would you do? Right. Take them to the emergency emergency room. Someone has a broken spirit or considering harming themselves. You want to do the same thing so they can get the treatment they need. Yeah. Uh-huh. I think it's so important to have these conversations. Yeah. Because if, if, when someone breaks their leg, we don't respond by saying, but you have a good life, right. so you'll be fine. Exactly. You know, and right. I think just thank goodness that the past year or so topics of mental health and mental illness are at the forefront of conversations about yeah. a person's overall wellness because yeah. it's just... I mean, it's huge. And recently in the pop culture, we've had um, Miss USA yeah, um, die by suicide. And she had been having, like, I'm approaching 30. I don't see where my life is going. So it might not be outright things that say, I want to harm myself. Mm-hmm. But if we ask, if we know those warning signs, if we know what to look for, then just ask. Right. Because you may save a life Mm -hmm. and just getting them connected, especially if it's someone that you don't even know what to do. You can just say, hey, I think you might need to get some help or talk to somebody just just in that very simple way. Mm -hmm. So simple can go a long way. Mm 
Mm-hmm. Right. How do you know what the warning signs are? Do you know what I mean by warning signs? I, I think I do. Okay. Um, I think if a, a friend or a loved one is withdrawn, mm-hmm. um, if they're not wanting to see people, mm-hmm. um, kind of holding up in their homes by themselves right. or not interested in activities, right. they're just not feeling like themselves. Right. And there are differences between risk factors and warning signs. Risk factors are things that put you at increased or decreased risk to see suicide as an option, right? Risk factors like chronic medical conditions, pain, history of a suicide attempt, no family, social isolation, um, things like that. But warning signs really lend themselves to a person who may be in imminent danger, immediate danger, here and now where they need to have help. Some of the things are kind of talking about hopelessness, desperation, like just the uh, just the needing to get out, the needing to feel trapped. People may sell their items. Now, not saying if your grandma go ahead and sells <laughs> has a garage sale, she's at imminent. It's not just one thing. It's a combination of things coupled with some of the things that you mentioned. Mm-hmm. So if they've been isolating a lot. And not doing things, but now they tell you, you know, Kate and I love you. I'm going to miss you. And then they start selling their things that should be, uh-oh, uh-oh, a warning sign that something imminent might occur, Mm -hmm. right? Um, Just talking about just death and dying, you know, oh, man, wonder what it would be like. Oh, yeah, she died. Mm." Just kind of this constant conversation, Mm -hmm. right? So knowing the warning signs really would help you to keep them connected. What we mean about keeping them connected is like we said, getting them to the emergency room, calling 911, um, connecting them with uh, the suicide prevention hotline. I have a question about connections. Uh Is it appropriate, like let's say a friend approaches me and tells me that they're having thoughts of death. Do I hold that in confidence or do I share that with their other circle of trusted Mm -hmm. friends and family. So you would start off, okay, I'm here for you, but I'm also worried for you. Can we tell somebody? Can we get you to see somebody? Like, can we share this information? Can we share this information with somebody? Can we get you to talk to somebody? Mm -hmm. Can we let your partner know so so they can look out for you? Because they want to know because they care too. We care. It might not feel like it. But we care, mm-hmm. right? So pitching it back to them exactly what you said. Can we tell them? Sometimes they may say yes. Sometimes they may say no. But sometimes we got to have a little bit of harder edge and say, I think we need to tell someone, right? Right. Especially if it's um, something serious, like with the warning signs, like we said. So risk factors and warning signs. If they say, yeah, I'm thinking about dying and I'm going to sell off all my stuff, honey. Warning sign, right? Mm-hmm. And the thing is, is having these conversations, if someone was to be running a fever, I want it to be as least stigmatizing as we can get it. So if they were saying they were running a fever and need to go to the hospital, they would say, I am really contemplating suicide soon as an option and the same outcome, get them the help that they need, right? There's nothing mess- basically that you can do. And there's only it, to you can do to help cure them in that moment. 
-hmm. but to keep them connected Mm -hmm. and get them the help they need. But the conversations is where we need to start. Okay. I have a question for you. Of course. If we, what if we can tell, or what if we see some signs Mm -hmm. that you mentioned in a friend of ours, but they haven't ever voiced anything to us and we want to approach them about if they're having thoughts of suicide or death or hopelessness, Mm -hmm. how could we approach them in a way that won't have them react and feel defensive Mm -hmm. or threatened? So it's it's two part here, right? Can't necessarily control someone else's emotional response, Mm -hmm. right? You can only control what you do. I would say is just point out the facts, not blaming. Hey, I've noticed that you might not be as happy as you once were, right? And I'm wondering if you're okay. I care about you and I love you. And I just want to make sure you got everything you need. And is there anything I can do? If you want to go, that's very easy. If you want to go stronger. Hey, I've noticed that you've been kind of down lately. And that, you know, I'm wondering if you're thinking some things about like hurting yourself because I've seen you and I've seen some of the I've heard some of the comments that you make and I just want to check in with you if they're defensive let them be defensive you know that's their emotional response your reinforcement is to say and to make it known to them that you're here it's not their emotional response okay also If someone is contemplating suicide and they want to complete death by suicide, in the end, there's nothing you could do because it's their choice and their options. There's things you can do to try and prevent it. But the guilt that you may feel with it, I don't want that to be misplaced, right? There's not anything necessarily that you can do if someone wants to die in that way. You can do everything you can, right? But someone, you just want to make them known that you're there. Yeah. Them. Okay. okay. So I just want to ask you something, Caitlin. When you said that your friend in high school, he died by suicide. Yeah. What was going on with you? Because a lot of people have this guilt. Mm-hmm. Okay. What, what, what was happening? Well, no one saw it coming, first of all. Not his family, none of his friends. Mm -hmm. And the day that we got the news, we all gathered together um, at another friend's house, and we did feel guilty Mm -hmm. because we didn't stop it. We didn't prevent it from happening. We didn't know what to look for. We didn't know how to feel afterwards. And I still have a friend of mine from high school who still doesn't forgive himself for not checking in Mm -hmm. with our friend. Here's the thing, though, right? You're judging yourself with information you didn't have. Yeah. Right? The first thing you said was, nobody had an idea. Yeah. It's difficult. You're doing yourself a disservice. If you had known, you would have done better. We shouldn't judge ourselves with information we have now on our past selves. That's the first part. The guilt is misplaced. The guilt guilt is tricky, tricky emotion. Mm -hmm. And the thing is, you can still do everything you can possibly think of. And it's a person's choice to do that, right? A lot of times when people are really, truly 
confident in dying by suicide, people may not know. We can't know all the time, especially if we don't know what to look for, which is why we're having these conversations. Mm -hmm. You're just not knowledgeable. Or if the person doesn't say anything. Mm -hmm. If you ask, why are you doing today, really? How's your mood? How's everything going? And they say, no, even me as a psychologist, right? I can ask you and I can infer. But if you say yes, or if I do, I ask every patient, are you having thoughts to hurt yourself today in the past since I've last seen you? And they say, no, I can only work with what you give me. Right. Right. So me as a professional, knowing everything, I can still only work sometimes with what you give me. Sometimes I can pick it up and be like, mm, I don't trust you. And I'm getting you to the hospital for further evaluation. Mm -hmm. But that's because I've been trained for many years in it. Mm -hmm. For you, guilt is misplaced. Yeah. Right? You saw, you've done everything you can do. Right. And if you feel like you haven't, then you can work through that with your own process mm -hmm. here. But surely us having those conversations, surely us talk. This is uncomfortable. People, these conversations are uncomfortable. I'm glad mm -hmm. to make you uncomfortable so we can save lives. Mm -hmm. I'm glad that we have this here so we can have these conversations in this series. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. And something that sounds insensitive but isn't is it is that it was mm -hmm. their choice right. you mentioned. And that's something that from my personal experience, I remember talking with my friends and being like, okay, well, um, he didn't want to be here anymore. And if we would have seen signs, mm -hmm. we could have maybe tried to help. I mean, we were kids. We could have called 911. We could have gotten right. to the emergency room. People get in this state, Louisiana, they get held against involuntarily, yeah. right? They can do that. But even with that, we can do everything we possibly can. And even with that, it really does go on what they say, right? Yeah. And what they, if someone is really gung-ho about it, right, mm -hmm. and really into it, there's only so much we can do, even as professionals, right? I have a question. Yeah. If there is someone watching this video right now mm -hmm. or listening to this video right now, mm -hmm. And they are wanting to reach out to a friend or someone to trust. Yeah. And they don't know how. Mm -hmm. What is something that you would encourage them to do? Or what's some some words that you can share right. with them words, to reach out? Words that you can share. One is that you're not alone, right? You're not alone in this. This is, you're seeing this as an option. It is not the only option. Sometimes... Mind you, I can't see without my glasses. Mm -hmm. Sometimes when we're down and we're contemplating suicide, we just don't have a clear view of the world. We're seeing it through fuzzy lenses. Other people help you to see it more clearly. But you can't do that by yourself all of the time. It's like when you see different shades. You see purple, I see blue. That whole dress phenomenon that happened a few years ago. You see yellow, I see blue. Reaching out and tell, telling someone, you know, I'm just not seeing things clearly. And me not seeing things clearly is making me want to do something drastic and hurt myself or consider that telling someone, reaching out to someone, even if it's at the 24-hour hotline. Let's say you don't have family support, friend support. You feel like you're not comfortable. That person is there not to judge you, but to listen and to help and help you see clearly 
the options that are available to you. So what we're going to do is we're going to have a brief mindful moment. And I think this one comes at a perfect opportunity to, for this topic, right? The name of it is called loving kindness. What we're going to do is sometimes in the world, things get tough and we see things like suicide as an option. We have to, at times, all the time, I would say not at times, show ourselves kindness. The world is already tough. Life is like this. Stressors will come. It's not how you stress or when they come is what you do with the stress. And to show yourself kindness, show yourself love, wish yourself well. So the phrase that I will tell you to use is may I. Okay. okay. May I be this. May I be that. And it's also may you. So in your mind, I want you to really briefly um, think of your younger self. <laughs> right? Okay. Do yeah. you have an image of I your do. younger self? Absolutely. Right? You know who you yep. that came up quick. Okay. She's 10. I've worked through this in therapy before, okay. so I've got it. Yep, got I've got it. it. Mm -hmm. Okay, so get into a, a position of comfort like we do with all our mindfulness meditation, feet flat on the floor so the blood can flow, just into a relaxing conversation. And aside, this is a silent meditation, so when I have you do certain things, um you will be doing it silently. A mindfulness moment really is a moment of learning a skill to help with your overall well-being. So the one we'll be doing today is mindfulness of loving kindness. Okay. Mm -hmm. So just close your eyes and take a couple of deep breaths fully in, inhaling positivity and blowing it out so you can hear it. Exhaling negativity, inhaling and exhaling. And once more, inhaling and exhaling. And just breathing normally. Checking into the breathing in the body. As you inhale, just making a mental note of what your body feels like to inhale and to exhale the breath. And in the next few moments, I want you to bring about an image of your younger self. Imagining that you are in front of you. Looking at your younger self. Imagine what you look like. The color of your hair, the length. Your facial expression, what you're wearing. What you smell like. Maybe the physical presence of what you feel. Loving-kindness meditation is simply to send well wishes. So the phrase is that you repeat is may you. May you be safe and protected. And you're really directing all of your energy, your well wishes to the younger you. May you experience life with ease. May you take life's challenges with grace. May you feel deeply loved and truly peaceful. May you be safe and protected. May you experience joy. May you have self-love. In the next few moments, saying these statements, anything you want to personally say to your younger you in your head, May you, 
and really noting how the younger you reacts to your well wishes and switching it up. Imagine that they're wishing you well and you see them, the love, the joy, when they say to you, may you be safe and protected. The younger you wishing you, may you experience life with ease. May you Take life's challenges with grace. May you experience love and making a note what you feel in your body, receiving this loving kindness from the younger you. And letting the younger you fade away you turning attention to yourself, saying, may I be safe and protected. And taking in the loving kindness that you show for yourself. May I be truly happy and deeply peaceful. May I take life's challenges with grace. May I experience love. May I be healthy. May I know who I am and that it's more than what I could ever think. And in the next few moments, in your own words, wishing yourself loving kindness, may I. And taking all these well wishes that you wish to yourself, gathering them up and letting it essentially explode in your body from head to toe, scanning from toe to head as you exist in this space of loving kindness. And taking a final deep breath and opening your eyes. Okay. Good one. Good one. Okay. Sometimes the world can be challenging. There are other options out there. If you're thinking that suicide may be an option for you, call the 24-hour suicide hotline at 1-800-273-8255. And you can even text the word hello to 741741. If you get somebody on the 24-hour outline, that's not a good fit. Hang up, call again. It's a national service. But if nothing else, we are here for you. Thank you. Again, I'm Dr. Tracy Murray. And with Auctioner Health, a clinical psychologist with my co-host, Caitlin. This is a series, Healthy State of Mind, dedicated to educational purposes. Remember, what we have here is not a therapeutic relationship. But if you feel like you need to be connected with someone like me, see the resources below and thank you and have a great day. Mm -hmm.